Um, and we went out to get drinks one night. And little did I know this outing was actually an intervention on my behalf. Ski or die. Die. Hi guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Ski or Die podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Montavon. And I'm Stevie Island. And for those of you who are new around here, we're going to go over the rules of the show really quickly. Um, so this is a podcast we do in our spare time to bring value to the Ski or Die community. Um, and that being said, we really just don't want to have sponsorships on the show. So we um, need you guys to pay your dues. And what that means is... Um, if you learn anything today from this episode, if it makes you a better person, helps you change your perspective, please share it with somebody that you think it could help. Um, that's how we keep growing the show organically. Um, so we are actually re-recording an episode um, that we liked. We just felt like we could condense the content and say it more concisely. Um, we also kicked out our co-hosts, um, the dog co-hosts. Because they were being too loud, and the then very freaks. One of them bit me, so we're doing great today. <laughs> Broke the skin too. Yeah, no, I'm all bandaged up now. Um, Big yikes. Yeah, yeah. So they're fired. Um, how do you how do you report that to HR? Co-host bit me. <laughs> I think if I bit my boss, it'd be pretty immediate. <laughs> you know what? I think we should flip a coin, and we should both bite our bosses. Ooh. Or I don't know, Janice would probably like it. She's such a fucking masochist. <laughs> She'd bite me back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> She's hardcore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so this today's episode is something that is very, it's a concept that's very near and dear to both of us. And that is the idea of um, who's in your circle and, you know, how close and tight is that circle there? So the quality of people and then how big or small is your circle and how that concept affects everything in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you have a lot to say about this because you're in the beginning of a journey right now. And um, I think it's really impressive the awareness you've had of the fact that you're in the beginning of a journey because a lot of people can't see the grind out phase for what it is until they've already had a measure of success or at least they're down the road further. Um, but I think it's really cool that you've been so cognizant of where you're at in your journey because you're really in the phase where you're just eating a lot of shit, right? <laughs> you're just investing a ton and you're not getting bad. anything back yet. Yeah, um, and by getting anything back, I mean like measurable success. You've definitely gotten better in practice, mm-hmm. actually in all areas of your life that you've been, you've made changes. Everything has actually improved, but really the only quantifiable success that people quote value is like podium spots, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, how has the concept of your circle and where you're at now in your journey, what is the intersection there for you? 
It's been interesting. Okay, so I've been skiing since I was six competitively. I've been trying to get good that whole time. I, mean, I did take five years off to go to med- uh, it's not medical school. Jokes. <laughs> I did take five years off to go to music school. Very different. And um, so I, I kind of came back into the sport when I moved down here to Florida. And I've been trying to get good. You know, the, mm-hmm. since I moved down here, I'm like, I really want to be shortline skier. Like, I really want to run 39 a lot. And that was just like a foreign concept to me. And I didn't, I, I was kind of you know, skiing here and there, trying to come up with different concepts of how I could get there. And then meeting you was a big, you know, change in my life, obviously. I mean, I saw how you trained. I went and visited you at Chet's and I, I sat in the boat and I watched you guys go at it. And I was like, I had been training with Chet for my whole life. So I kind of knew how it went, but seeing you two go at it and how he was kind of training you as a pro water skier, I was like, I want to be there. I want to be in that spot. And so the reason why I'm so, you know, in your words, self-aware about the process and where I'm at is because I, I've kind of seen you do it. I, I followed you on Instagram like forever ago, and, I, I've, and you've been so forthcoming on your social channels about how it's been for you, mm-hmm. and that's really cool. You're so forthcoming and so personal on there about how, like, you know, your own emotions throughout your whole process. And I've kind of seen you grow into where you are now, you know, getting podium spots. And so I think I know where I'm at in this journey because I saw you do it. Uh, but... It's not eating shit for me. I mean, I, I I am a little insecure about the fact that I have, you know, friends of mine who are looking at me a little bit sideways about the changes in my life I've made. I mean, I was working out a lot and I was skiing a lot and I was eating well, but I've kind of ramped that all up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see how people are, are looking at me a little bit sideways and the fact that they don't think I can actually achieve what I'm trying to achieve. Um, and because you said I'm in such a beginning period. Mm-hmm. You know, I just signed up for the Malibu Open and a guy at the lake kind of the other day was like, oh, I saw you sign up for the Malibu Open, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I'll be watching. And he had this, like, such a tone of skepticism in his voice when he was talking to me about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I understand because you don't know. You're not in my head, you know? So they just see, oh, I mean, your tournament scores aren't that great. Like, what do you think you're doing? And I think, you know, what the, like that whoever that person was, what they don't understand is, you're going to that event not to ski well. Because lest we all forget, the first two Malibu Opens I went to, I got last and second to last. I think I was first off the dock both years, and I placed right where I was seated. Thank you very much. I'll take my consistency award and leave now. But I wasn't going to ski well. The homework assignment both years from chat was you need to go figure out if you like being on the dock with those girls and and you know you're not skiing with those guys but you're going to be warming up around the pro guys too there's a huge level of intensity there's a monetary commitment to traveling that far um there's a stress level there's i mean there's just so much to it he's like you need to go figure out if you even like this shit before we like really commit to doing this and that's what those first two years of malibu open were and he just likes malibu open to be the test for that that's why he gave you the assignment if you're going to malibu open Mm -hmm. and he might give you a score homework assignment i really don't know that's between you and him but i do know that 
he likes to use that event for you to figure out if you even like skiing on the pro circuit. And so it's funny because whoever's going to give you shit for like, like, okay, you signed up for the Malibu Open, all right, big boy. Like, first of all, fuck off. You don't know what the actual purpose of that event is for us. You're just used to thinking that things are so A to B. You go to an event to get a score so they can measure your success against yourself or against other people or so people can measure your success and praise you, whatever. You in your life have never realized that a tournament can be used for something other than a score, like to assess your mental and physical fortitude. Is it enough to handle these events? So anyway. So yeah, there's a lot of service level criticism that you're going to receive, but... Yes. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about today, is people in your circle criticizing you. So, you know, I... When we look back at the beginning part of the journey for me... Um, which, you know, you're in now, and I love watching you grow through. And Ski or Die is in. Yeah, Ski or Die is very much in a growth phase as well. Um, When I was in mine, I had a lot of doubt in my friend circle. Not so much from my family as much. My mom, you know, has is one of the most phenomenal people because she has always said to me, I don't understand what you're doing all the time, but I trust you enough that if it makes sense to you, it's probably going to work out. You know, she's always said, like, if you plan something, the probability of it being successful is usually pretty high. So she'd be like, I just support you, but I don't get it enough, so don't ask, like, don't always ask me for specific support because I don't think I can help you. But as long as it makes sense to you, it's probably right. That's probably the best parenting you could give somebody like me because I'm trying to do something usually that hasn't been done before or it's very rarely done. So there isn't, a lot of familiarity with the framework and the process on that. So to, you know, to say to me, I support you, I don't get it, but you're probably right, is you know, phenomenal. However, there is the other side of that coin. So this is a, at the time, this was a very kind of traumatic situation for me, but it, it's such a good story in hindsight. Um, I was down in Florida maybe a year. I was in that very beginning phase of trying to ski with Chet when he would let me book sets with him because he he played hard to get, man, first of all. One day we're going to have to talk. I'm going to have to sit down with Mr. Chet and talk about how hard to get he played. Um, I was working three part-time jobs so that I could have some availability in the middle of the day, middle to end of the day to ski, um, but still pay for all this bullshit. Um, (laughs) I was trying to lose weight because I was not athletically built at that point um very much in the beginning phases very much felt like all I was doing was eating shit I was not running a lot of buoys I was not skiing consistently because just the people it wasn't available to me to ski consistently um I wasn't getting great results though why would people make themselves available to me you know because they weren't seeing anything that warranted a lot of extra effort so a friend from out of town came to visit probably my best friend at the time um She's a skier. She totally understands like what we're talking about. We did a bunch of things, girl thing, girlfriend weekendy things, you know, um, dinners, skied, went to some yoga classes, like went to the gym, just you know, hung out by the pool, um, and we went out to get drinks one night. And little did I know, this outing was actually an intervention on my behalf. So it was one of those, you know, we the friend group have been talking. And we're worried about you. And I was like, totally out of left field for me. Because I was like, 
what what am I doing that's wrong? Like, I mean, I I just had didn't even see it coming. And she was like, you know, this like skiing thing has it's like it's been cool that you've tried this, um, and like we know you seem like happy, but you know, we really think you should be doing something more stable and like respectable. And like, we just really think you should reconsider going to grad school or to law school because pre-law and law was something like we always, an idea like I toyed with for a very long time. So that's how she came up with that. And I was just like, what? And you know, and I kind of was speechless and she, she kept elaborating and she's like, you know, all of us are, studying to do x y and z very respectable stable professions and she's like you know you just like these three part-time jobs and like skiing like really like what do you think you're gonna do with this and we just don't think this looks good and you know i we didn't have a there was no big blow-up fight in the restaurant like that's not my mo anyway but for me from there on out i was like you're on the outside now like that individual will never be on the inside because I don't need you to say you're on the right path. I believe in you if you can't see it, but don't try to talk me out of what I'm trying to do. Especially if you're one of my best friends, like, you know, me, you know, my ambition, you know, my work ethic, you know, you know, my ability to research and to plan, you know, how dare you say that what I'm doing is not respectable as a water skier. It's interesting that she was worried about the optics. Yeah. Like why? Yeah, and we could really dive into that and the, that friend group, but I mean that was the last time we really ever hung out, and after that trip, I don't think we really ever spoke again. Um, and that's a really extreme example, right? Of you know somebody in your circle doubting you, um, and even ha- being so confrontational about it. Am I saying cut everybody out when they doubt you? No, I, you know, I'm really not. I don't think that's right. Um, but what I, I do think the right framework is when it comes to um, auditing your circle because of how much of an impact they can have on you. Because when she did that, I did for a minute think, well, do I need to look at grad schools? She's like, should I? How do you go to law school if you didn't study pre-law? Like, believe me, I looked into it. Well, you trusted her, so you wanted to... Right. I mean, she was know, my best friend. Like, I loved her. Give her the benefit of the doubt and the fact that you think that she's looking out for you. Yeah. I loved her dearly, you know? Um, but, it, I mean, it probably derailed my mental thought process for, like, 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I kind of had to audit her, her role in my life. And so when it comes to improving in any area of your life... When you start to change, your change affects people. If we're talking about how other people affect us in our growth process, well, when you start changing and growing, you're affecting other people. So it's not fair to expect them to be okay with your change if they're not, you know, you're impacting them too. That's why I'm calling it auditing. Yeah, I like that, auditing your circle. You know, um, is there anybody in your life who's just so incredibly toxic that you have to cut them out? I sincerely hope not. I think that's a, that is a traumatic experience. Um, I tend to be very black and white, so I have no issue cutting people out. I don't know that's really healthy. I'm going to pay a therapist a lot of money one day probably to talk about that. <laughs> what I think we actually need to do is reevaluate the boundaries of 
your relationship's comfort zone. So these relationships you have with these people, whether they're friends, family, or significant other, the people that you would consider in your tight circle, something you've said to me, and I love it as a phrase, is the comfort zone of the relationship, which is the pattern of behavior that the two of you expect from each other based on the past, right? And you've settled into over the years. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you start to change, now the boundaries are naturally going to change of that comfort zone. And, you know, to be fair, they might not have agreed to that. That might not be what they signed up for. So you might not like how they react. Now, if they really love you, they will get on board or at least say, I won't get in your way, right? I don't understand, but I want you to be healthy and happy. That's one of my favorite mantras in life is, I don't have to understand you, but as long as you're healthy and happy, like that's, you know, that's all I could really want for you. Um, however, I mean, when they actually are impacting you negatively, I think the question becomes, okay, what do you do, right? Yeah, when you feel pushed into a corner, how do you handle that? Well, I think something we both have loved is, okay, you know, if you're being bullied, if a bully is putting you in a corny, corner, you know, what happens when you put that bully in a corner? Mm -hmm. You know, if you confront somebody about, okay, well, what are you actually doing like with your life? What do you mean this won't work for me? What do you really know? They back down real fucking quick. Yeah, they fall because they have no leverage. Yeah. <laughs> Bullies are not used to being bullied. No. And I, you know, I, I, maybe I'm holding myself back because I would hate to, to spew kind of a bunch of hatred. Like you're, you know, look at your circle. If they're holding you back, like fuck them. But really that is the truth. If your circle's holding you back, you need to stop letting their opinions dictate your life. Like if we... If we were going to get on Google Maps and I wanted to figure out how to go to, I don't know, pick a restaurant down the road, right? Any restaurant. I expect Google Maps to tell me exactly how to get there. Can you imagine if Siri started using her opinion about how to get there? It doesn't even make any fucking sense. None of us would use Google Maps then. Like, I don't want to know how you think I should get there. And like, oh, but you know what? I don't really like that restaurant, so I'm going to reroute you. Like... That sounds ludicrous because it is ludicrous. So we can't let people's opinions be our roadmap to success. I've, I'm very comfortable with not giving a fuck what people think of me. And you let your confidence shine through in the conversation, <laughs> right? So when you're getting this criticism, you're getting bullied and you're getting stifled, if you let your confidence shine through and you say no, mm -hmm. then that starts communication. Right? Yeah. And when we, going back to how we say you put the bully in the corner, you kind of reverse it, that starts a communication between you and them and it kind of creates a level playing field and then good things happen from there. You know, I was thinking about, I want to do a whole episode on this at some point, how much um, social media and the water ski industry has changed over the past like four to six months because I think it's changed quite a bit. Um, in a good way. I could totally sit down and analyze this for you, but I, I won't do it in this episode. I think even though it's changing, a lot of skiers are still afraid to be vulnerable mm -hmm. because they're going to get criticism and they don't know how to respond to the criticism. And what they don't see is that if somebody criticizes you and you respond, you now have a conversation. Industries that have a lot of conversations attract a lot of money. Yep. 
it's the, the framework is really that simple. I don't know if you saw the other day when Nautique announced that they're going to pay men and women equally at Masters. Jacinta Carroll posted something, and at the bottom of her post, she was like, something about, come at me with all of your women don't jump as far, women don't attract you know as much of a crowd, like, I would love to contend with you. And I was like, fuck yes! <laughs> like, exactly! First of all, who would go at Jacinta Carroll? You'd have to be a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean... She's literally the best female jumper of all time. She's the baddest on the planet. And she's clearly somebody's gone at her before because she's like, let's go. I've heard it all. Like, I welcome it. Yeah. But that's exactly the attitude to have. Yeah. You know, before this episode, we were looking at stuff on my Instagram and somebody was like, your skiing looks really tired and preoccupied lately. The fuck does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired all the time. I never get enough sleep. Preoccupied? I don't know. I mean, have you gone across the course like 70 miles an hour? I got one thing on my mind, man. It's a little orange thing that's coming up on the right. Like, pre, you know, but I respond to those people. And usually they don't say anything back because they're just dumbasses trying to put you in a corner and they're not ready for you to throw a punch back. So mm. I think. If we're going to be really, really, um, I don't know, have a lot of conviction around this circle thing, be ready to put your own bullies in a corner and, and watch most of the bullying in your life evaporate. I love it. You know, I think if you, if you spend your whole life waiting to silence the bullies with only success, like tangible, quantifiable success, you might be waiting, waiting a long time. And like, I'm about efficiency. There came, a, there came a very distinct point in my life in this journey here where I didn't want any fucking bullies. Mm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to stand up for myself. Like, what are you going to do? And the second you did that, you became vulnerable. And invulnerability is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And that authenticity cuts through all the bullshit. And that's what people respond positively towards. And that's when you started to go up Yeah. with your momentum and everything. I know. I feel like authenticity was like a really... Um, buzzy topic for a while and then it kind of got convoluted where people were faking authenticity like they were writing about fake vulnerable stuff and Mm -hmm. making stuff up and now Mm -hmm. I feel like we're seeing authenticity again like authenticity Mm 2.0 but it's less like woe is me authenticity like the first round where people were talking about like no like I actually have these struggles even though my life looks so good and I feel like this time it's a little more like gritty authenticity that's what the sport needs a little bit more of I think yeah so much so they need more authenticity they need more vulnerability I mean you think about it there's not much vulnerability at all and that there's no like um you know how if you go on ESPN or any sport they'll have like the player highlights and they'll go through Mm-hmm. all of the you know things that they've done throughout their life they have a whole segment on just like this random person who's competing mm-hmm. even on like snowboarding I saw like the lacks open the Red Bull lacks open and they did a whole player highlights on everyone and they had these like really cool segments it's like where is that yeah and but I, I think mean skiers are like scared to do that stuff yeah they're scared of it and there's nobody to do it for them cause, yeah. right because we don't have like I mean, while production value. Water Ski Sorry. Broadcasting Company has completely elevated this entire sport, we cannot so. expect them to do all of our own highlights. Yeah. Like, listen, I ski, you ski. You know we don't ski all day long. You have time to edit your own shit. It's not that hard. Make some highlight shit about yourself. You know your story better than anybody else. You know, tell your story. 
But um, see, we got to do a whole episode about social media. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, you, you would crush that. You should do like a solo, <laughs> solo mode. But, you know, when it comes to the circle thing, um, especially if you're in the beginning phases, start auditing. It cannot hurt you to audit um, and to be prepared. You know, first, you got to be aware, but then be prepared to redefine the terms of some relationships. You, I mean, that saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, it doesn't make sense to me because, like, if you're going to have cake, why would I not want to eat it? Like, I don't get what that means. But I know what the, I know what it means. I just don't like it. It's a shitty saying. Somebody give me a better saying. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't expect to change your life dramatically and everybody in your life to be okay with how that's impacting them. Maybe they don't want their lives to change. Maybe they're perfectly content, complacent, whatever. Maybe that's their happy comfort zone. That's fine. But, you know, personally, I have a very, very small circle who actually knows what the fuck is going on and who I go to. Like, you know, what do you think I should do? There's not a lot of people I ask that question. But there was a lot of lonely moments to build that very small circle. Because when I began my journey, I realized there was a lot of people who were not on board who thought I was like, that shit insane. Um, I think there's a lot of people who still think I it wasn't worth it because I haven't had the success I want yet. You know, I've had some success, but I haven't even gotten to where I'm hoping to go yet. So, you know, I think they're still thinking like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And that's fine. Um, there will always be that though. Yeah, there really will. But, you know, I have really valued my circle especially this this off season i mean they've just come through time and time again but they are you know they're small um i mean as somebody who's kind of in the process of finding that core circle um do you have any advice or just any insight as to how you see it right now maybe not an actionable item but what is it like right now trying to find that support group um I'm not really actively trying to find that support group. I already have a very solid support group. I mean, you, Chet, my parents, my family, it's pretty much all I need. Yeah. Um, at this point in my, you know, career, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is tough. You know, I do have some insecurities around what my close friends think about it and all that, but I'm just trying to get past it. That's all I can do is just try and keep focusing on the process and the rest will take care of itself. You know, I would venture to say that people's opinions of you really cannot accelerate your career as much as you'd think. Like, it would be nice for everybody to be supportive and to be like, oh my God, you're amazing and I see what you're trying to do and that's so cool. But when you really think about it, a bicep curl is a bicep curl. Somebody telling me that I'm so awesome for doing bicep curls doesn't really make them more effective, more or less, right? It comes down to the quality of the bicep curl, the quantity of the bicep curls, the frequency, and the weight I'm curling, right? So whether somebody in the gym is standing there saying, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing these, you're so fucking stupid, or somebody's standing there saying, oh my God, like this is perfect for you, I'm so happy. It's really up to me on how I execute that bicep curl, all those factors that's gonna change my strength and the size of my biceps, right? And I think that's something important to consider when you're working towards whatever your success is, right? Whatever your goal is, 
while it would be nice and more comfortable for everybody to be on your side, it really doesn't change anything because at the end of the day, it's up to you to execute. It's up to you to keep showing up, quantity, quality, you gotta have both, volume, just to go at it relentlessly with conviction. It would be more enjoyable if everybody was on your side, but they're not always gonna be. And you can still get a pretty damn good result doing your own bicep curls if you stick to the programming, right? I think that's probably something we don't talk about enough because it's super unpopular. No lifestyle mindset Instagram influencer is going to be like, hey, people aren't going to support you, but it's totally on you to get your success anyway. So like, who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. That is not very buzzy, but that's the truth. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. That's the truth. All right, well, thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. All right, guys, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean so much to me. And if you want to be the first to know about all things Ski or Die, shoot me a text at 561-468-3603, and we'll get you added to the community.